All right. Uh, my name is James Bandy Fuller. That's my full my full name, and I'm the host of my students' favorite movie. And this is the very first episode. I'm here with Adeline, who is in fact a student of mine. Say hello, Addie. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we call her Addie for short. And since this is the first episode, I guess I need to kind of explain what this is. So I'm a teacher. And uh, actually, if you're listening right now, we're kind of in our third week of quarantine at the school that I teach at. And so I teach a, a drama class and we thought we've got to do something. We've got to figure out a way to make ourselves productive and I've got to be productive and my kids need to be productive. So we decided that we were going to do some kind of movie podcast. So I thought, what a what better way to do this than have have a, my students tell people and me about their favorite movies. So without further ado, this is episode one of my students' favorite movie. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. And Adeline, would you like to tell everybody uh, the name of your favorite movie? So my favorite movie is Phantom of the Opera, the 2006 version. <laughs> and uh, that's an interesting, right off the bat, that's a really weird uh, thing that you said because I've found three separate references to when this movie came out for three different years. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the Wikipedia page says 2004. The Rotten Tomatoes page says 2005, and then I found 2006 also, which is really weird. I've never actually, seen I that. think I think I've seen that actually before. Yeah, I, and I don't know enough from back then to remember, so I guess we'll never know. <laughs> it's somewhere in that time span. <laughs> yeah, we'll say 2005-ish. I don't know. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, so Addie, how old were you in, let's say, 2005? Um, well, I was born in 2005, so, so you were... I was just a newborn. <laughs> right, right. I really, so you don't have any recollection of when this came out, and to be honest, I really do not either. Yeah, I, I was introduced to it like later on in my life. <laughs> right, me of too. The, of the 15 years I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in high school. So weirdly, this came out about the time I was the age that you are now. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I was not aware of it. I was in high school. I was not trying to watch Phantom of the Opera. Um, yeah. So... Before I, uh, I wanted to talk about some of the reviews this movie got, but before I do that, why don't you explain why this is your favorite movie? Okay. When I first saw this movie, it automatically captured my attention because it was so bright in music. I've always had a connection to music, and I just thought that all the pieces were just so beautiful, and I loved the the romantic triangle between all between the characters and just found it so amazing <laughs> that this man was like I don't know <laughs> like he was just 
almost really seducing her with music uh, in a way. And I, I just thought it was a really, really interesting plot. Yeah, and we'll talk about the uh, the romantic triangle and the, um, we'll just call it small age gap for now. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that uh we don't want to lead with that because a bunch of people immediately will turn off the podcast in disgust uh so yeah it, i mean i think for most people you said the music is what brought you in i'd say that's probably the big selling point here the android uh, andrew lloyd weber i almost said android weber <laughs> so I'm I'm I assume you don't know this, but I'm going to ask you to guess. I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes uh, review page for this movie, and it it has an audience score and then the critical score. So this is one of the biggest disparities I've ever seen <laughs> in a movie. Oh. What do you think out of a hundred? What do you think the audience score for this is now? Maybe 70%? You're not too far off. It's 84, uh, which is pretty, oh, I feel like, wow. pretty good. Yeah, for... Yeah. Right? What well, you know, you clearly love the movie. <laughs> yes. So, the audience score is 84, pretty good. The critics' consensus rating out of 170 reviews is 33 what? <laughs> <laughs> what? and the uh the consensus summary at the top is the music of the night has hit something of a sour note critics are calling the screen adaptation of andrew lloyd rever's popular musical histrionic boring and lacking in both romance and danger. Still, some have praised the film for its sheer spectacle. <laughs> A little harsh. Wow. Yeah. But, but the audience score, I mean, clearly somebody likes it because it's 84 on the audience score. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, so, I want to ask you some trivia about this. See how much you know. Okay. And uh, I think you're about to hear some names that you recognize but are not in this movie. So, do you know, Addie, who was originally supposed to be the Phantom of the Opera? I feel like I've heard it before, but it is not coming to mind. It's uh, a, a man that's near and dear to your heart. Indeed, to my heart. I assume. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of men there in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That we we mm. have discussed this person in class. Huh. I don't. He is don't currently. He is going to be on Broadway later this year. Is it is it Hugh Jackman? It's it's Wolverine. It's Hugh Jackman. He was supposed to be okay, Phantom. I thought it I thought it was. And I actually 
when I was thinking about um, who could be in Gerard Butler's place, I was like, hmm, Hugh Jackman. Wow. What what so could have was been the reason behind? Yep. He he was obligated for uh, another role. Do you know what the role or what the movie was? Came out two thousand four. It's not X Men. Was it, was it Wolverine? It's not an X Men movie. Hmm. You probably don't remember this movie. Uh, it's called Van Helsing. Hmm. Not not too yeah, great. No, I know that movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> praise his decision. Let's just say that. Uh, now the other one. <laughs> Do you know who was originally supposed to be uh, Christine? I didn't even that there was somebody else supposed to be Christine. She had to drop out for uh, just like uh, your man Hugh. She had to drop out for another movie. Was it, um, was it Hathaway? Ding, ding. Anne Hathaway, you're absolutely <laughs> correct. And do you know wow. what movie she was contractually obligated to do that made her have to drop out of this? I promise you've seen it. Is it? It wouldn't be, no, because Hugh would have been doing that. Is it? The key here is contractually obligated to do the movie. She had uh, already... what, um, was it Prince Diaries? Princess Diaries 2, yes. Yep. Yep. She promised she do. She had signed on already for the sequel, and they uh, they pulled her away. Can you imagine though, Addie? What do you think that movie looks like if you have Hugh Jackman oh and Hathaway? That would have been so good, <laughs> <laughs> man. That wow. Right. I wish they would just go ahead and remake it. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah. I'm, I, I, could have been. <laughs> wow, what could have been? Just oh, oh, it would it would have gone down as an all timer, I think. Uh, oh yeah. Do you want to talk about the age difference? Oh, <laughs> let's uh... let's mention it and never talk about it again. Okay, <laughs> we're we're just we're gonna go there. All right. So Emmy Rossum, uh, is that how you say her name, Addie? Do you know? I think. I know, I know it's Emmy, but I think her last name is probably Rosam or Rosam. Rosam, Rosam. Who cares? It's fine. Um, she was around. Oh my goodness! Make sure I got my math right here. Oh gosh! So she's thirty-three now, and it's two thousand twenty. Mm -hmm. So she filmed this about two thousand and four. Uh, so subtract 16 from 33. It's about 17 years old. Okay. So she was 17 when filming this. How mm -hmm. old do you think Gerard Butler was? Oh, geez. He seems about... Ooh, 
he seemed in his at least like late thirties. Oh, you're he, yes, yes, mid thirties. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> And Patrick Wilson would have been around 30. Man, that. (laughs) What are your thoughts on this, Abby? (laughs) That is just. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's move on. Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) We're going to get into the awards section now. And. I'd say the the Hannah Montana The Climb Award. Uh, I'll I'll just quickly explain this for the first first episode here. This is an award for the person in the movie who probably gained the most in their career from being in this movie. So this is kind of like you know Anne Hathaway in Princess Diaries, right? After that, she's a a sensation, and it's sort of like the the flashpoint for that actor. And initially, you and me were both thinking, oh, it's Emmy Rossum. But I looked at her uh, Wikipedia page. <laughs> how many uh, how many starring roles in big movies do you think she's had since this came out? Hardly any. <laughs> I think. Could, could you put I a mean, number on it? Any- Give me a guess. I don't know. I don't know any movies that she's that she's been in since, but I would. She has starred in, uh, I think, a big fat zero. Uh, big movies. Yeah. I'll just name some for you down here: uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. And she had a supporting role. Her most recent appearance was a supporting role in Cold Pursuit with Liam Neeson. <laughs> I mean, hey, Liam Neeson, he's up there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think she's in the movie for a good 20 minutes or something. Uh, well. <laughs> but she had, you know, when she was in this movie, she had just come off of The Day After Tomorrow with Jake Gyllenhaal. That was a big movie for her. Oh. I don't, what went wrong? What do you think, Addie? Why don't you think Emmy Rossum became famous while Anne Hathaway is thriving? I, I think that a lot of people... I think it's not all of it is just solely based on them. I think that it also has to do what they're in. Princess Stories with Anne Hathaway, it was an all-around huge um, movie. And so I think that also helped Anne Hathaway boost. But with, with this movie, it wasn't as boosted as others. And I think the casting was also very weird <laughs> this movie. Yeah, but some weird maybe cast decisions. It, maybe it's also her acting style that it might not have fit the the mold that other Hollywood directors were looking for. It she might not have had that that spice or the touch that others had. Mm. So I think I think that might be. She's so good in this. I, I think she's the best. Uh, 
best actor in this movie. It's kind of sad. Oh, definitely. Uh, she did, did you she know? Did. Fantastic. I thought she was great, and she did her on her own vocals. Did she know she has an album? Oh no, I did not know that. She does. Two thousand seven debut album, Inside Out, and a Christmas EP. Ooh. Wow. I may have to I check mean, that out. I mean, really, anyone who who plays Christine and does it professional, I think any of them do a really good job singing a lot because Christine is really just it's it's a hard it's a hard role to sing with because all the the um what's the word I'm looking for? Falsetto? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's no joke. I, so what do you think about uh, Gerard Butler's vocals? Because he actually did most of his own singing as well. Uh, he was horrible. But it definitely was not the phantom I think most people were looking for. Mm. I know he had a lot of backlash for it. I think he did well with it. But I know if it's his strong suit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of uh, singing while yelling from him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he had never sang before this movie. He had to get voice lessons. <laughs> I'm sorry, but couldn't they have taken a look at anybody else who had experience? Because Phantom is not an easy part to just, you can't just be thrown into, I mean, of course they did just throw him in Phantom. But yeah. That, <laughs> that, that you can't throw somebody into Phantom without, with it being fantastic. Right. So, so I, I, I really just don't think his voice was made for this. At yeah, all. <laughs> I he is not the best uh, casting ever, and I, you know, he's no Hugh Jackman, that's for sure. But uh, oh, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, so now we have the uh, my team is dead overacting award. Addie, have you ever seen the original Mission Impossible? No. That doesn't not. surprise me. It's it's an old movie and it's kind of dated now, but there's a great scene in the movie where Tom Cruise gets on the phone with his uh agent's director at at the Mission Impossible unit and he has this really overdone my team is dead speech if you want to YouTube it. Maybe I'll even play it uh over the podcast. But but uh this is the <laughs> overacting award. Uh, and I'm going to let you handle this one because I've only seen this movie about two and a half times. So what do you think, Addie? <laughs> well, after re-watching the movie, I really... <laughs> there, there's a lot of scenes that could it could be um, or could receive award, but really one of the scenes that I just crack up over is when the Phantom first takes his mask off. Well, he doesn't 
but Christine take mask off mm. for him and his layer. And I mean, he absolutely loses his mind over it. And he goes around breaking things and <laughs> he just, it's not really believable. You can really tell he is acting. Well, um, extra. Yeah. Like it's just kind of over the top. And he seems more like he's forcing to be like, he has to be angry. Yes. And I, I just, agree. It's just not good. <laughs> I've seen, weirdly, I've seen this show three times now in person. And don't ask why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> once once was in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> and no, I, I did not go to Lincoln, Nebraska to see Phantom of the Opera. I saw Phantom of the Opera because I was in Lincoln, Nebraska. And what else would you do? <laughs> but uh yeah i know the phantom's supposed to be mad there but he's not losing his mind <laughs> like gerard yeah. butler was uh so then we have the <laughs> yeah. crocodile tears award which is kind of a a similar award it's for the performance with the most unbelievable it's it's just the worst performance like the the worst acting i think gerard butler overdid it but this is just for the person that okay that's too you know it's just not realistic emotion uh what do you think yeah, about this Addie? Uh, that would definitely have to go to patrick wilson and his poor attempt oh he's sitting there and he's about to be strangled and he's trying to convince the Phantom that he deserves to be Christine while he's about to lose his life. And it is just so sad because I don't think the way he portrays, I don't think anybody, I mean, you can tell everything is so forced mm. <laughs> because he's sitting there and the way he acts like he's being strangled, it's not even that tight on neck at the time. And it just, it's this is seems fantastic, but right there, I would not believe for a second that he is being strangled. So just and more amateur uh, Wikipedia love. detective stuff here. It says Patrick Wilson was cast as Raul based on his previous Broadway career, and I see nothing in here about fine acting. So I think you're, <laughs> I think you're spot on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, we we talked about what could have been with Hathaway and Hugh Jackman. Oh, I I don't want to go there anymore. I'm so I'm so depressed already just thinking about it. Yes, me too. <laughs> uh, so moving on to the most quotable line. What what do you have for us, Addie? What's the signature line of the movie? Well, I think there could be many signature lines. But if we were going for the most enduring and romantic line, I believe it's one of the lyrics, and it's love me, it's all I ask of you. And I have always clung to the song, that's all I ask of you, because that's it's just such a classic, and I love it so much. Um, but <laughs> I think that there could be um, many lines, and after we're watching it, it just... 
I think some of the lines that the Phantom gives, one of my favorites is when La Carlotta says something about Christine being a frog or, or toad, a toad. Mm. And he says, perhaps it is you who are the toad. <laughs> and every time I watch that, I just crack up. Because <laughs> the way he says it is just, it's great. <laughs> I would say, yeah, you're right. Anytime Carlota talks, it's, it's gold. I would say when she says, uh, these things do happen in the worst French accent I've ever heard. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. These things do happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly how she sounds, Addie. <laughs> it's just this really weird, uh, I don't know. I just, I laugh every time. Uh, so yes. final award, and um, I guess this could be multiple things. It's the What's Aged the worst award and this movie is only about 15 years old now but uh, we already talked about the unfortunate let, let me ask you this Addie, because you're you're a woke individual of the uh, young generation <laughs> so we've got a almost 15 year age gap between phantom or oh no sorry it's uh it's like 17 or 18 years and then it's about 15. 13 with uh, Patrick Wilson, and she's underage, we think, when this movie gets made. Okay, we're, we're going to yeah. cap it at 17. Do you think this movie gets made in 2020 if that's the numbers of the cast age? I, I, I've seen movies before recently that have had age differences they've been kind of noticeable, but I don't think that there would be one made with that big of an age gap because I think a lot of people, everything is so monitored and so judged today that directors would not be able to get away with that kind of age gap. You think that the Twitter vultures would come out for Phantom of the Opera yes. in 2020 and shut I it down? I think the Karens and the Janices. <laughs> And oh, Janice. All all of mom all the moms of the internet I think I think they would really be a fire. They would just be going at them left and right. Right. They would protect Emmy Rossum from uh having a career. Yes, they would. Right. <laughs> well yes, they would. Or I guess not having a career. <laughs> well, Anne Hathaway <laughs> is uh thirty seven now. And uh, Emmy Rossum, we said, was 33. So Anne would have been a much more appropriate age, I guess. But, yeah. you know, it's the way these things go. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I don't, I don't think this gets made with the age gap like that now. Uh, so final, final takeaway from this. So for people listening to this who have never seen this movie... I don't know who would possibly listen to this if they've never seen The Phantom of the Opera. Maybe they are invested in the concept, fingers crossed. What is your five-word pitch to people and why, uh, you know, to what this movie is about? I, it was hard for me to come up with it because it is so, the movie has so many twists and so many things rooted in it that make it, 
make it the movie, but I really think when it comes down to it, the plot is seriously just about two men love opera singer. <laughs> but if more in detail, two men are in love with an opera singer. And because I think that's mainly what the show is about. It goes between the Phantom and Raul fighting for this thing. And so that's mm. really just a summary. You get to the heart of the story and it cut through all the weird, the murder and the financial crisis underbelly okay. of the movie. <laughs> Straight to the romance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, no, I think you're right. It's a the movie is about the relationship between her and Phantom and Raul. So that's a good way to put it, actually. Well, Addie, it, uh, any other things you want to say to you know convince people why they should love this movie and watch this movie? I I think you had a lot of awesome stuff to say about it. Yes, I think as cheesy and weirdly cast as this, as this movie is, the passion that is there and the music is just fantastic. And it makes it makes the movie better than it would have been if the passion and the music wasn't there. <laughs> because this music Andrew uh, Lloyd Webber has written, and it's been here for so many years, it is... I don't think that his music will ever grow old. And this movie is just, it's fantastic. Not to mention costuming and the sets and just the scenes that they have. Those are really what, what, what makes movie so interesting. And that's why I love it. Just the music. And, but I think that, Anybody who does love music and likes romance and loves a bunch of colors and a lot of passion that is notable, I think they would really, really enjoy this movie. That's true. A lot of, a lot of eye candy on the screen, a lot of costuming. I, you know, we talked about yeah, what's aged the worst. I think what's aged the best is the music. I, the music is still so good. Oh, definitely. And even the when music this movie will, came out. Personally, it will never grow old for me. It's just every Classic. time I hear the intro for the for the movie, it's just right. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, see the movie for the music at least. Uh, not everybody can go see the show in person. And I think the movie is a pretty good representation of the show. So, yeah, well said. Yes. Well, Addie, thank you for coming on and being the first guest on the My Students Favorite Movie Podcast. This was really fun. And uh, since yes, we're... thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Since we're in quarantine, I don't know when I will see you. So I guess this is goodbye for now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, goodbye. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. And uh, thank you to my guest, Adeline for coming on the show and that is the uh, end of the first episode of my students favorite movie